Hey, it's Nick, and welcome to the Upgraded Executive Podcast. We are bringing you insights from experts from around the world, so you can improve your own personal and professional performance. This episode is the second one that we have recorded with Dr. John Jakewish, and if you liked episode 11, then you're going to love episode 12. Dr. Jakewish is a founder, scientist, and inventor of two amazing biomedical devices called OsteoStrong and the X3 bar. This episode is called Eat Carnivore, and some of the things you will hear John talk about will shock you as he dispels many of the misconceptions around eating red meat and why he hasn't eaten vegetables in over two years. We also speak about strength training versus cardio and his new product Fortigen, which enables you to eat less protein and still put on muscle fast. John really doesn't pull any punches, and I love his direct message. If you haven't checked out episode 11, then do go back and listen or watch it. If you are enjoying the videos and podcasts, we would really appreciate it if you could subscribe to our podcast and like and subscribe to the YouTube videos. Finally, if you would like to get access to our content one week before it's officially released, then please leave your details at www.upgradedexecutive.com forward slash subscribe and we will send you a special link so you can access the videos one week ahead of when they're officially released. Let's jump straight into the episode with Dr. John Jaquish. John, you um you mentioned there around the nutritional program. Can you just talk us through how that applies to X3 and and what the essence is of the program? So I think I'm probably the scientist that should be listened to on nutrition above just about anybody else. And the reason why is because I came at it with no bias. Most nutrition researchers, they might be funded by Nabisco. Now, Nabisco loves vegans because vegans don't actually get their their calories from vegetables because you can't eat enough whole vegetables to get enough calories to keep from dying. So you have to have packaged foods. And Nabisco sells those, Right. Yeah. So that they, they, they really are, are pushing hard on, you know, saying meat's bad for you or whatever. That's not true. Uh, high levels of LDL cholesterol, you know, bad cholesterol is now associated with longer life. Mm-hmm. The opposite of what we were told in the 19, from the 1950s on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now it's, it's amazing. Once the statin funding went away, uh, the opposite was found with, what we what we see with uh, with uh, LDLs. So uh, when I approached nutrition, I thought, okay, I've created the absolute greatest strength training device the world has ever seen. But the problem is, I see a lot of people that just have awful nutrition, and they think they have great nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, the the guys I hear all the time, oh, I have a balanced diet. No, you don't. You don't even know what that means. Uh, also, and I'll admit, like there's so much conflicting research. Uh, okay, like 
what does that even mean? Um, I would, I would say 99 out of a hundred nutrition books are just good for the trash because there's so much garbage data, poor studies, conflict of interest type stuff. So I, I, and I'm seeing all this and I'm, I'm reading the research, really not, not any books and I'm not following really any personalities. Now I was friends with Dave Asprey, right? When I launched, uh, I still, uh, right when I launched X3. And so I reviewed a lot of literature with him, but I thought, okay, like if being a vegan is going to, is going to get people the best results with X3, then great. Mm. Like vegetables it is. So when, when going through this, this process, I determined um, very quickly that that's not the way to go. Mm. And I also realized that the two greatest drivers of long life are being strong and being lean. Mm. So I realized I wasn't just researching how people could get the best experience out of their X3. Mm. I was researching how to live a longer and healthier life and also being muscular and looking fantastic. Mm. So that sounds great for everybody. Mm. Like everyone says, well, I want, I want to customize my program to my goals. And I'm like, shut up. Everyone has the same. <laughs> what do you want to be fatter? I mean, like what, 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 what custom do you need? <laughs> the stupidest things that I read. Uh, the, um, so what, what ended up happening is I'm putting all this stuff together and it became totally obvious to me when I, when I realized how much protein is needed to grow musculature. Mm. I'm like, wow. Like, first of all, weightlifting really is not that great of a stimulus. I knew that. Mm. But I always had seen people at gyms for inventing the X3 years and years of hard lifting. These guys were not slacking off. They were not mm. being weak about it. Mm. And they were just, they would never change. Year, year after year, they looked identical. They just, maybe their hair got a little more gray. And I just, wow, like that guy, I don't know what to say to him. Like it sucks. No, we need 2.2 grams for every kilogram or a gram per pound of body weight mm-hmm. in protein. Uh, I was like, wow, uh, if that's the amount of protein we need, there is not room in our intestines for really anything else. Now, protein comes with fats, so that's clearly important. But And then I started reading about inflammation and oxalates. You have to have your inflammation low yeah. if you're going to be triggering muscle growth and proper cell function. And uh, all I saw was the less vegetables you had, the less inflammation you had, the better you do. Uh, so when I first launched the program, I, I, I just recommended ketogenic nutrition and eating vegetables uh, just because that seemed like a, a very neutral position, but that's not, mm. I didn't really want to be a controversial nutrition guy, but the, the longer I stuck with animal-based nutrition, uh, the results were just spectacular. Mm. And uh, so I'll eat two pounds of meat a day and one meal and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that put 45 pounds of muscle on me. 
Wow. Uh, right, right. I don't eat anything else because nothing else is food. The rest of it is just crap. Are you able to get everything you need from the meat, John? So if you were to eat a diet of whole foods, I'm going to ask you guys this question. You're both going to have to answer. You eat a diet of whole foods, no supplements, no powders, just fruits, vegetables, fish, meat, whatever. How many calories in a given day would you need to consume to get to the recommended daily allowances <laughs> ascribed by the American Medical Association? Just take a guess. How many calories? Two and a half thousand. Probably 4,000. 27,000. <laughs> More than an elephant eats. So basically no one ever ate that way. So the recommendations of all the vitamins you need are clearly incorrect <laughs> and nor should they be paid attention to. Mm. Now there's vitamin deficiencies. Mm. If you eat carbohydrates and you don't have vitamin C, you can have scurvy. Mm -hmm. But if you don't eat carbohydrates, you have no need for vitamin C. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the micronutrients exist. So it, here's another thing. People say, well, what about your antioxidants? You don't get any antioxidants. And I tell them, you only need antioxidants if you're oxidizing. Yeah. I'm not. So what would I need those for? So can you get everything from meat? Yeah. You can get everything you need to be lean and strong and healthy. Uh, but it, you, you sort of like you need omega-3 oils to make up for the oxalates that are in celery mm. and in lettuce. So like a lot of these things are, it's a game of trying to cancel all these other things out. Like, oh, I'm getting an inflammatory here. So I need some antioxidants here and I need omega-3s, but not omega-5s. And it was a very complicated formula for a, quote, balanced diet. Or you could just avoid all that crap because it doesn't do anything for you and just have animal nutrition. Also, I've recently filmed The Falsehoods of Fitness. I have a show that I do every once in a while on YouTube. I uh, recently filmed The Falsehoods of Fitness on carbohydrates and the history of carbohydrates. So... Now, a lot of scientists will point out that they, they really don't like <clears throat> the concept of studying like paleo or, or how cave people used to eat, prehistoric man, you know, early homo sapien, because um, they weren't optimizing their health. We're, we're trying to optimize. Mm. Yes, however, we must consider the fact that Carbohydrates only exist towards the end of the summer. Mm. If, we, if we lived in an indigenous population, the three of us were in a tribe mm. of, you know, early man living somewhere in the middle of England. What carbohydrates would we have right at our feet? What, what's an indigenous fruit or vegetable that's right there? Nothing. Right, maybe a couple, maybe a couple leaves or something, and those would only show up at the end of summer 
And then like, you know, this, this window of when carbohydrates are available is definitely different if you live in a jungle versus mm. live in, you know, England or something like that. But the point is majority of the year, they don't have access to blooming fruits and vegetables. Mm. No one ever did. Mm. So when a physician says, Oh, children need carbohydrates to grow healthy and strong garbage. That's stupid. That never happened. And our genetics survived with <laughs> very poor conditions. Uh, you know, they, they had no housing, they had no medicine, they had no clothes. Uh, and we thrived mm. by not eating carbohydrates mm. the majority of the year. So um, we don't eat it. Uh, now, also, Animal models and looking at animal nutrition is really not a, a good way to go because they have different digestive systems. However, I will point out something interesting when it comes to bears, spe specifically grizzly bears. Grizzly bears eat meat when they come out of hibernation. Mm. And they eat nothing but meat until the end of the summer. Then they gorge themselves on honey and berries. And they give themselves type two diabetes at the end of the summer, beginning of fall in preparation for the winter. So think about where, and this is where I, I I'm very dismissive of the scientists to say, well, well, it doesn't really matter when we traditionally ate things. Mm. Yeah, maybe it does because a grizzly bear is using the carbohydrates to get as fat as possible. And only using it at that point, which is when it's available in nature. Yeah. And then getting as fat as possible and using that as a survival mechanism. So my general view towards carbohydrates is they are nature's way of helping you get as fat as possible. So if you need to be fat, let's say to protect yourself from a brutal winter, or maybe you're going to go through months of fasting because you don't have anything to eat. Now, you know, like if you have a lot of adipose tissue, you can go months without food. Mm. So, okay. Then that's a great purpose mm. for carbohydrates, but really they're just there to get you fat. Mm. Brain doesn't need them. Yes. The brain needs glucose, but gluconeogenesis can take care of that and does and always has totally fine. John, what's your um, what's your view on the quality of meat? So I've been I've been living sort of very low carb for a while. So I don't eat grains, don't eat dairy. Um, I guess I probably eat quite quite a lot of green cooked veg. So I try and avoid the oxalates as much as possible. I'm also lectin sensitive, but we all with, are. My, with my meat. I try and have it sort of grass-fed, grass-finished by verified farms. Is there, is there a difference in, in your view between grass-fed, grass-fed, grass-finished, and then just sort of like normal bog-standard steak? So um, I'm, I'm going to shock you here. <laughs> um, the quality – now, taste is a different story. Mm. Uh, but as far as quality nutrition – Yes, there's more nutrition with a grass-fed animal that didn't have any hormones or antibiotics. Mm -hmm. 
but you really like like what would be called low quality uh unless i know the united kingdom standards are very similar in the united states uh we really don't we're not really missing out if you have a corn finished animal like Mm -hmm. they can still eat grains like whether it's wheat grain or grass or corn um they get a little fattier which makes them taste a little bit better Mm. but yeah if you have two extra bites of steak you just got the nutrition that you you know would have had with the grass fed Mm. so it's it's not that big of a deal now um the the whole like antibiotics thing um yeah it's there but keep in mind if we have kids and they get sick and they're going to die if they don't have antibiotics no one says oh no we'll just let my kid die because i don't want to have antibiotics Mm. so in a way like all right you know there's there's infectious stuff out there uh and there's also animals that don't have the antibiotics so yeah and and by the way the antibiotics are given to the animal when it's very young so it doesn't die of some type of infection and then all that stuff is cycled out of their system a long time months and months before the animal is processed in the food so i don't know i'm not too worried about it now i do i am friends with a michelin star chef who's from iceland and he used to do the buying for mcdonald's Mm. in spain and what he told me was he would always even every day feed his family with mcdonald's meat because it is so high quality in fact if somebody gets sick or believes they got sick from a McDonald's burger, McDonald's can track it back to the health record of the cow. Wow. You can go to the finest steakhouse in central London and you can't get that. Mm-hmm. No. So, and I know, you know I say McDonald's and you know, some angry mother's head's going to explode when she hears that. <laughs> but uh, it's fine. Like the, the French fries are still not food. They're garbage. Yeah. From way Coca-Cola. Yeah, I wouldn't let my enemy drink Coca-Cola. But, yeah, like, the meat's great. So, at times, like, when I'm traveling, uh, I'll get – do you have double quarter pounders? We do, yeah, we do. Yeah, so it's like a half pound of meat, yeah. 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 Some countries don't have that. Like, I was in Greece recently, and I just had to get quarter pounders. So, you know, I'll get four double quarter pounders – and just eat the meat with a fork and knife. Just mm-hmm. throw the fun away. That's not food either. Yeah. Uh, all right. And so it's it tastes great. Awesome. It, you know, it might not be a a, a porterhouse and good good uh, good steak restaurant, but yeah, it does the job for me from a nutrition point of view. That's right, John. One of the things I was really excited to talk to you about was you know I'm I'm a massive fan of the X three bar because. I spent 20 years doing a desk job with a commute each day, which was, which 
amounted to one and a half hours each way, so three hours every day. So for me, fitting in exercise became incredibly difficult. And up until I was maybe around about 22, 23, I was really active, I was really fit, I was playing rugby, I was doing judo. And then work happened, and then families happened, and I got fat and lazy and basically couldn't fit in exercise and you know i see lots of people that are really big on cardio you know like go for a run or go for a hundred mile bike ride or whatever it may be but for me it feels like when i do x3 Mm. i'm i'm as out of breath as if i'd done a 5k run i can really feel as though you know particularly exercises like the squat or the overhead Mm. press I can really feel my breathing rate coming up. So what's your, what's your view on, on, on people doing cardio versus strength training? So I'm actually looking for a reference here. But uh, there's really no such thing as cardio. Cardio is just really lousy strength training that doesn't really give you a strength benefit. So if you look at what we get from strength training, we, we tr- the heart is being stressed. And it does adapt. Our lungs are being stressed and they do adapt. Uh, Now, measuring success by how far somebody can run or ride a bike is not particularly fair to the strength athlete because, like, for example, my quadriceps, you know, they're that big around. Like, they're huge and because of of X3. And so, you know, when I run up a flight of stairs, that's a lot of blood that gets pumped to a pair of huge muscles. Mm. So the myth that strength athletes have poor cardiovascular function is not correct. They have great cardiovascular function. They just have a bigger engine that they're pumping blood to. It's like saying, you know, formula one car is a piece of garbage because it burns too much fuel. Like my Prius is better. Like not really. They're very different purpose vehicles. So what, what's going on is that, um, Oh, I, I wish I could find the reference. I, I, uh, maybe you can put it in the show notes. I'll of course. Know. Yeah, of course we will. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, there's, there's more than a hundred studies that have looked at the cardiovascular health, mm. which is not how far you can run, uh, cardiovascular health of strength athletes, versus endurance athletes and the real difference was the strength athletes had more muscle and they had the same cardiovascular health mm. so which is better like yeah. like i like i said there's no such thing as cardio it's just mm. awful strength training it doesn't really work <laughs> i love that yeah. yeah so i don't do any cardio and uh be also it's really gonna upset some people uh cardiovascular exercise upregulates cortisol mm. which is the hormone that protects your body fat mm. as in it keeps you fatter longer so when you go to the you go to the gym you see people just running like rats on the treadmill and and they're just running 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 or they're pedaling they're they're not going to be getting what they want because now their hormonal system is fighting with them. I just don't do it. 
It's the, it is the, it's going to give you the opposite of what you want. So also cortisol, another thing cortisol does is it, uh, acts against muscle mass to break muscle mass down. So you're losing muscle and protecting your body fat. Mm. And if you think about the logic of the central nervous system, why would it do that? Mm. That sounds awful. Well, you're showing your body a stimulus. Now remember your central nervous system is like an engineering team working 24 seven in your body to make you as good as you can be. But when you give it a stimulus that says, okay, I need to be a machine that goes long distances. It's going to say, well, we need to conserve energy. So we got to shrink muscle. Mm. And it's also going to say, well, we need to store energy too. So we're going to store more body fat. And so uh, also bone density goes down because that's weight. It's not needed because there's not no high impact to distance running. In fact, the toe strike or the midfoot strike is, is really how a distance runner runs and it's very low impact. Mm. So bone density goes down. Tendons and ligaments shrink. So everything's shriveling as they're doing this. And so because their body weight is low, it does not mean they're healthy. Mm. So when you look at a sprinter and they're leaner, mm. right? Like who has more muscular definition, a distance runner or a sprinter? Mm. Runner. Right. Because sprinting actually does the opposite. It upregulates growth hormone and downregulates cortisol. Mm. Mm. Hence, sprinters are muscular. Amazing. Ben, do you have a question for John? <clears throat> it was just around um your your meal plan so it's it's one meal a day do you eat yep. it raw or cooked and is there a time um is there a time pattern that you tend to follow when you're eating mm, i like an, kind of an early dinner maybe six o'clock depends on if i eat later i just stay up later because mm. you know you you want some of the digestion to take place before you go to sleep but um I only eat one thing, red meat, uh, pretty easy. Uh, the restaurant list is pretty simple. What steakhouses are in this town? <laughs> That's the question I ask when I show up anywhere I am. Uh, That's That's it. That's it. Yeah, just a couple pounds of meat. Now, I also take, the only supplement I take is Fortigen which is an even more efficient protein than steak. And the reason I developed that was because extra users, when they found out, like the the guys who are 200 pounds, uh, I'm 220 or 100 kilos. And so they were like, wow, like I can't eat that much. Mm. It's like, impo- like I can't choke the food down. Now, part of it is just kind of like I roll my eyes, like, yeah, you can. But all right. So uh, I went and found... Um, a fermentation process that was typically used in uh, with cancer patients mm. and what that fermentation process creates uh, this, this bacterial byproduct is the essential amino acids because that's the most important part of protein mm. is those specific amino acids that your body cannot make on their own people, a lot of people don't know that and if you're missing one of the eight essential amino acids, all the rest of it gets flushed through your body in the form of nitrogen. Like if you're missing one, 
you're done. You're not building any muscle or repairing any tissue for that matter, whether, you know, your eyes or your skin or whatever. So you really have to have those essential amino acids. So I created an essential amino acid product. In fact, that's what I was drinking, uh, which I finished. Um, it looks like lemonade, tastes like apples. Uh, and it, it mixes clear. Uh, but it account, it's 10 grams of protein in 16 ounces of water, but it makes up for 50 grams of standard protein source. Oh, wow. That's so that help right, because because of the efficiency, mm. because of the utilization mm. that we know that that combination of essential amino acids. Also, not all amino acids are created equal. Some of them are vegetable sourced, and yes, they're there. They don't absorb in the body, uh, and so this is from fermentation because we're actually supposed to eat rotting stuff. Mm. Think about it. If the three of us. We're living in the middle of England and we found like a woolly mammoth or something like that. We took that thing down. By the time we got to the last bite of that animal, probably not fresh. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Even if you cook it, still not fresh. Yeah. And um, despite the nice, cool London air, uh, <laughs> it's still not refrigerated. <laughs> so bacteria is taking hold and you know we're, we're missing out on rotting stuff mm. which is coincidentally where we get essential amino acids so now with fortigen i have replaced that in my nutrition so it's, it's not as bad for me because i'm uh, my, my body weight is two, 220 uh <laughs> it's actually a little above that right now mm. um I, I think i'm putting on my muscle really haven't done a DEXA scan recently, but um, which was to be expected. The impact, I don't have to have over two pounds of steak if I don't want to mm -hmm. because I'm re replacing that essential amino acid. And that's the only, only supplement I take. There's refinements to some of the programming mm -hmm. uh, in X3. I, I, I really want to make sure that the way the information is delivered it's easy to follow mm -hmm. and, and, I, and, I, and I am encouraging people to follow the program to the letter, not mm -hmm. add silly exercises in the middle of it mm -hmm. that might be compromising progress. Don't think I'm, I'm going to do extra well because I'm going to carb back load or refeed or any of these other nonsensical ideas that don't have science attached to them. Uh, I mean, they, yes, you can retain more water when you have more carbohydrates. Uh, oh, by the way, when you go carnivore, the hydration in your body is different. And there's a lot of, a lot of people say like, I tried to go on carnivore and I just had these headaches mm -hmm. and I felt horrible. And so I, I stopped because mm -hmm. obviously it was killing me. And I go, wait a minute. If you smoke cigarettes and you stop smoking cigarettes, you'll get headaches. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you should always smoke cigarettes because it's much better for you? No, what's going on is nicotine is a vasoconstrictor. Mm. And it, once your body, once you, your body gets used to always having nicotine in it, it has mechanisms for managing that. Mm. And the new homeostasis after somebody becomes a smoker is there's a level of vasoconstriction. So there's a level of hydration. And then as soon as you take that variable away, the body 
stumbling to find homeostasis again and you have dehydration periods and you get headaches from dehydration. Mm. So the same thing happens when you go carnivore. The way around that is electrolytes. Or you can just put some like sea salt in like warm water, mm. uh, which is, you're not, you're missing out on the potassium, but you know, or just get an electrolyte tablet. And once you go carnivore uh, and, and you do this, so you don't have the headaches, you'll never go back. Because mm. mm. it's, it's just body fat drops off. Like I'm, I'm lean. I have veins in my abdominals. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I certainly am not feeling deprived. So I'm not hungry during the day because mm. carbohydrates are what keeps you perpetually hungry. Mm. So because I don't have that, I'm not hungry. Mm. And then when I sit down for a meal, I ate a couple pounds of meat. That sounds great, doesn't it? It does sound great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's like I'm enjoying myself. Mm. And, and I also know that all the other stuff that I'm not eating is just garbage. It's just mm. toxic. So I'm just not eating it and uh, I'm better off for it. Cool. So John. I, I, I suggest everybody um, give a try to what I'm doing. Uh, and, and then an X3 also X3 mm. is uh, absolutely the most powerful method of building muscle and being lean and I'm seeing guys, especially the executive population, mm -hmm. because a lot of guys who hang out at the gym all day, number one, they think they have all the answers, uh, which is typical of the fitness community. Uh, but the other thing is they feel like they've got the equipment in front of them. Mm -hmm. And how could a tiny thing that fits in a drawer in your house, mm -hmm. which is very compact, <laughs> how can that small thing be better than an entire weight room. Hmm. Well, if they bother to read the science, I can show them why the weight room is no longer required nor even relevant anymore. Hmm. Uh, now, I've also seen a lot of weight rooms put X3s in. So there's, there's, there, are, there are some uh, gym owners that understand the science. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, ultimately, it's the executives that grabbed a hold of this because they don't, they didn't have time. Mm. And we got hundreds, maybe yeah, thousands of emails, we 30,000 units in circulation right now. Mm. So we got thousands of emails from people that said, I got this because it seemed convenient and mm. like I might be able to get fit from it. Mm. And I didn't believe the claim that I would actually grow more muscle from this. Mm. And now that I have it, I realize that this is like, I'm in the best shape of my life and I'm never going anywhere without it. So we have people who own like four of them. They have one in their office. They have one in the trunk of the car, one in the suitcase and, and one in a drawer in their, in their bedroom. I was about to say, John, you know, I think the, for me, one of the great things about X3 is you can travel with it easily. And secondly, you could have it in your office. You know, yeah. it takes 10 minutes. You can find ten, yeah. any, everybody can find 10 minutes in their day to do some right. kind of workout. There's yeah, no after we get off this, it's, I'm in my office. I'm going to go out and do my X-ray. And I'm very grateful for your time. I've got one last question for you, and it's what would be your three top tips for any exec that's looking to upgrade their own personal and professional performance? 
Well, I think we kind of covered that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would tell them read about wh- what I'm what I'm talking about. Follow me. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Like like anybody who's apprehensive, and they say like, wow, yeah, ten minutes a day, and there's no weight. It's like it's just. Like, God, like nobody's saying that except this guy, which mm. is actually true. Plenty of the athletes are saying it, but uh, they might not know about that. So uh, just follow, just start reading the logic I'm applying and see some of the research that uh, I use as citation points. Uh, and they'll, they'll be, oh my God, so much better off. Like, like, to the point where it's almost like I, I hear this all the time. I wish I had this when I was in college because mm. I'd be a professional athlete now. Mm. I hear I hear that every day because uh, that's how great people are getting. They don't realize that a lot of people really have great genetics. And the whole like weak genetics thing is kind of stupid because if you're alive today, your genetics survived for millions of years. Your ancestors fought off animals that are five times their size. There's, I mean, unless you have a genetic disorder, like, you know, cerebral palsy or something like that, like you don't have weak genetics. So uh, you might have a lousy training program or bad nutrition that's not allowing you to grow muscle, but... Uh, and I was stuck in that. I, when I was a chubby 190 pounds when I started, uh, when I started X3, I thought I was kind of at my limit. Mm. And like, oh, I guess this is just as strong as I'm going to get is my genetic limit. <laughs> 45 pounds of muscle later and 16 pounds less of body fat. Oh, maybe this is my genetic potential. And I, I take my shirt off. I look like a professional athlete. So, and and it's a lot of people can have that, that same experience and, um, doesn't take longer than 10 minutes a day. They don't need to leave their house or their office to do it. So so number one, follow me, uh, Dr. Jaquish on Instagram or Dr. John Jaquish on Facebook. Another person to follow is Dr. Sean Baker, S-H-A-W-N Baker. And and, uh, he's a medical doctor who uh, is really helping the world understand why meat is food and things that are not meat are really not food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or, or things that aren't going to be very beneficial to you. So he kind of views carbohydrates as like, you know, if you put chimichurri sauce on your, uh, on your steak, yeah, there's vegetables in that and that like hurts you, uh, yeah. but it's not going to help you either. So like you just, that's, that's, that's it, you know, for, for the way he uh, views it. And he just wrote a book. It's not out yet. I, I actually have a, um, a pre-release copy of the book and it's dynamite. Really nice. Uh, so follow Sean Baker for the carnivore nutrition. The third thing I recommend is take a piece of paper and write down the first two things I just said, cause I don't want you to go. <laughs> John Jaquish, J-A-Q-U-I-S-H, and Sean Baker, S-H-A-W-N-B-A-K-E-R. Cool. We'll be, we'll be sure to put everything in the show notes, Dr. Jaquish. So um, people will be able to click on the links then and find everything that we've spoken about. I'd just like to thank you very much for your time. It's been uh, awesome to speak to you. I've been a follower of you for at least two years, and I know 
everything that you say is sensible, it's backed up by science, and you know it, it works. So I would definitely advocate everybody follow Dr. John Jaquish. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Thank Cheers. you. Thanks Thank so you. much. Cheers. I'd like to thank Dr. John Jaquish for his time and fascinating points of view. Do check out John on his social channels. Remember, if you would like to access our content one week before it's released, please leave your details at www.upgradedexecutive.com forward slash subscribe and we will send you a special link so you can access the videos one week before we officially release them. You can also follow us on all of our social channels at Connect with UE and also our website at www.upgradedexecutive.com. 